Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of Tom Hanks movies Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank Hanks Bank Jamie, we normally begin these podcasts with some light banter. We ask how I'm doing, how you're doing, but let's be honest, we know the answer to that. We've been indoors the last week. So instead, I want to begin this episode with a choose-your-own-adventure-style novel. <laughs> well, before you start this, I want to... What I love about this is I I asked you before we started, hey, do you have something? And you said so casually... Sure. As if, oh yeah, I'll come up with something. Not, yeah, I've got to choose your own adventure novel prepared. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Jamie, do you wish to begin this adventure? Is no an option? No, no is not an option. <laughs> okay, I'll go with yes. Fantastic. You awaken, Jamie, in a dark, dreary chamber. You look around the room. Do you choose to... A, turn on the light, or B, reach for your sword. I'll reach for my sword. You turn to page 34. That was the correct choice. Out of nowhere, (laughs) a vampire attacks you. Do you A, stab it right through the heart, or B, try and negotiate with this vampire? Oh, uh, given my personal skills, I'm going to negotiate. (laughs) You open negotiations with the vampire. Hello, dear vampire, you say. My name's Jamie. Would you like to not kill me? The vampire responds in a language you don't understand. Do you A, speak louder and more clearly, (laughs) or B, raise your sword and point at it? Okay, can I ask, is there a secret third option where I can see something nearby that looks quite like a pin that I could stab into my own brain and feel like I could understand this language? Surprisingly, yes. You read down at the bottom of the page, <laughs> secret option C for pin. You grab the pin, stab it in your ear, and all of a sudden you can speak bat. The vampire talks to you slowly. Dear Jamie, I understand that you don't want to kill me, but I need to consume your blood to live. So one way or another, this is going to happen, hombre. Do you A, realise now you can speak, maybe you can communicate better to it, with it and try once again with more heart, or B, uh, flee out the open door. Uh, I'm going for the uh, Boris Johnson. I'm just going to say it more passionately and hope it works. The vampire looks at you, shakes his head and walks off. You are left alone in the cave. That's the end of chapter one of Choose Your Own Adventure, Jamie in a Dark Dungeon. Amazing. Will we be seeing chapter two next week? <laughs> yeah, I think we will. <laughs> Amazing. Well, hello and welcome to Hanks Bank. I, oh my God, I've, Al, I had a malfunction. I fully forgot what I say then. Um, hello, Your and welcome to Hanks Bank, the show where we chronologically review Tom Hanks' entire IMDb. I'm Jamie Loxton, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al. Hello, Al. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, yeah, you referenced it up top there. We've been uh, self-isolating, quarantining, whatever you want to call it, for, uh, for a number of days now, and clearly it has mm-hmm. made my brain actively malfunction, where the thing I feel like I accidentally almost say in the middle of this podcast all the time i just forgot what i'm supposed to say so it's going well over here in britain we're uh, we're Uh on full uh lockdown i'm I'm going for my government sanctioned walk once per day how's things in canada 
They're good, you know. I'm trying to keep to the 10,000 steps today. Um, I learnt uh, yesterday that there are coyotes in the woods we go walk in, which is, you know, really reassuring. I didn't realise they were this close to a city. Um, you know, apparently it's <laughs> denning season, a puffing season. Did I know this was a thing? No, I'm really worried that I'm going to get eaten by a coyote on my walk. So if I don't show uh, up one week for one of these podcasts, do we you know why? We- we may need to pause. I believe your your something on your end has connected to something else, and I was getting the audio of I believe you talking into a speaker from across the room. Hands back. So we're back. Uh, we we had a couple of technical issues there. This is the lovely fun of uh, recording from mm-hmm. quarantine. Uh, Alexander, I believe your uh, phone connected up to a speaker on the other side of the room and your phone is what we're using to Skype. Is that basically what happened? Yeah, pretty much what happened is my headphones are too loud. So when I wear my headphones, we're talking to you, Jamie, the microphone hears my headphones. So instead, I swapped them with my girlfriend's less loud headphones and said, hey, why don't you listen to whatever you want to listen to on my headphones? They're nicer. Why not? Lissa thought this was a great idea. I thought this was a great idea. Unfortunately, what happened instead when she turned them on because she hand connected them to her phone before was they automatically connected to my phone, disconnecting the headphones I was already wearing. And I know this is very fun for all our dear listeners. Oh, absolutely. And therefore, I started, you started hearing me from across the room. Lissa now has no headphones because we couldn't connect them up in time. She's staring at me aggressively. And when she listens to this in 15 weeks, I'm sure she'll be embarrassed as much as I'm embarrassed now. Oh, isn't <laughs> Have that a good jolly jaw about this. Family. And I like, yeah. I like. She's just listened to Castaway, which is nice. I like that you characterize it as your headphones are too loud and not I'm too loud coming through your headphones. I mean, I'm impressed that I still think a little bit of you comes out through these headphones, but uh, yeah, somewhere between the two. Yeah, uh, we'll, um, we'll call it mutual accountability. Anyway, uh, enough oh, about coronavirus. I'm sure it's something that people talk about every single day and people need a little bit of respite. So given that, I have a hot off the presses friend's thoughts. Now, of yes. course, uh, I am socially isolating, so I'm not actually able to talk to anyone except for my girlfriend. Uh, but... As I was coming into this room to record, uh, she did say that she had a last-minute friend's thoughts. Now, we should, before we get into that, discuss friend's thoughts. It's been probably quite a few weeks since we've had them, mainly because we went through that run of minisodes. So for people who may be new to the show, there are two key things you need to know about friend's thoughts. Firstly, if you listen to this show, you are our friend, and therefore you may send us your thoughts. Secondly... When you say friends thoughts, and this is a key action, we discuss this uh, whenever we do it, it's uh, it's what we call a horizontal dab. You horizontally dab on the friends, and you horizontally dab on the thoughts, and together you get friends thoughts. Friends thoughts. Now, I will say that um, me and Al are both uh, not are exclusively recording this through audio. We cannot see each other, but I want him to know that I was horizontally dabbing while did that, and I hope he was too. I. I can still see oh, you. you can still see great. me. It's just I can't see you. I can still see you. You just can't <laughs> okay. see me. Uh, don't worry. I did still dab. Uh, but yes, what was your friend's anyway, thoughts, Jamie? Thought, what was Ellen's um, thoughts? Uh, my dear girlfriend would like to know, if we could take any Tom Hanks film and replace yeah. every character that is not Tom Hanks with the Muppets or with Muppet versions Ooh. of those characters, which film would we like to do that to and why? Now... For some reason, my very first thought was Polar Express. 
Um, well, same, same. Very close. I, I think that would actually make a good Muppets I think it movie. would make... See, I think that would make the best movie. I think that would be a very good Muppets yeah. movie. So that's, I think, why my mind went there. But that's not the most fun thing to do. I think Saving Private Ryan is hands down the most fun Jesus. one to make with the Muppets. So we haven't gotten to it yet, but I, I would really like uh, to see Captain Phillips... But it's Captain Kermit. Kermit uh, <laughs> is playing a Boston ship captain. I'm the captain who is taken now. by Somali that was, a, that was, a ter- was that a terrible Kermit, or was it the worst Kermit mm. anyone has ever done? I don't know. I can do an okay Miss Piggy, I think. Okay, but I just would like the- you to do <laughs> I'm the captain now as Miss Piggy. Sure. I am the captain of this ship now. <laughs> That's my Miss Piggy. Oh, um, <laughs> Okay, we need to move. That's actually quite good. Film. We need to move swiftly, swiftly away on. from this, Jamie. Yes, you know, I, I ask myself when our when our brains are atrophying, you know, when it's all kind of going to mush, you got to think what's the kind of what's like a healthy, good, intelligent thing to watch, and you think to yourself maybe let's watch a Coen Brothers movie. Uh, but what if you watched the dumbest Coen Brothers movie that ever existed? <laughs> oh, you're giving the game away there. Yes, of course, this week we are discussing uh, The Lady Killers, the 2004 uh, Coen Brothers movie. Uh, for any long-time listener of the show, of course you will know that the reason we're chronologically reviewing Tom Hanks' entire IMDb is that aliens have threatened to blow up the Earth if we don't prove our worth to them to join the United States of Space. There's a little bit more complicated stuff to do with, you know, a planet called Flomatron 8 that's leaving the United States of space in a process called Flexit that's taking a little bit of a long time and there's a bunch of baby Yodas and shit but you don't really need to know about that now listen to our old episodes if you want to know about that all that we need to know is there's quite a high pressure situation and we need to present these aliens with the best of Tom Hanks that we can possibly give them so we are chronologically reviewing Tom Hanks' IMDb and finding out which are his best to go in the Hanks Bank that collection of TV shows and films that we're going to present to the aliens so we are doing I, oh. I, I hesitate to say just just one second on the aliens yep do you think that potentially we haven't proved to the aliens yet that uh, humanity deserves to continue to exist and we are being punished for that? That is very... Are you suggesting that perhaps coronavirus is a deep a deep space plot from these aliens? Yes. Deep, yes. I, I think because I killed all the baby owners, perhaps they're trying to get them Yes, that, that would probably annoy them quite a little bit. Did my did my joke... I would, I would like to... Did my joke saying deep space sort of kind of meaning like deep state, but like... Deep state. Like, oh, like yeah. yeah, did that land... Was that, it's it's very well, good. That this that is, really good. Yeah, thanks. This is why we need to record this podcast live so I can, you know, have immediate uh-huh. feedback of how shit my jokes are. Oh, of course, of course. I mean, Jamie, it, it, you know what kind of funny it is? Like the Coen Brothers, it's like an intellectual funny. You don't necessarily laugh at it out loud, but you look at the joke and go, haha, that's funny. It's, it's my favourite kind of joke uh, to make, which is one that, yes, people don't laugh yes. at, but they do appreciate that an attempt at a joke has been made. Yeah, that's that's all my humour. Uh, in fact, that's just the podcast in general, Jamie. It's people we know appreciating that we tried. <laughs> oh, and we're desperately trying hard this week uh, to not talk about the film The Lady Killers. Uh, and we're going to do that for a little bit longer. Oh. Anyone who listens to the show know we do a little bit of historical context first. Let you know a little mm. bit of what was going on in the world at the time. So we can think about any time that is not uh, the year of our Lord 2020. Uh, and then we give a little bit of our show context, which gives you a little bit more about the film itself. Uh, we've been flip-flopping, uh, and this week it is your turn for historical context, Al. Uh, and I mm-hmm. don't know what you're going to do, but I do know that we have three things that we're reviewing in 2004. 
It would have been four, but we've already done uh, Polar Express. So uh, all, I think yes. I think my I think all I did was message you and say do something interesting. Uh, you know, Jamie, uh, like the Coen Brothers here, uh, remaking a classic. I'm gonna dust off uh, an old classic Hank's Bank bit, and I'm gonna ask you: Do you fancy a quiz Aww. at the end of these uh, three episodes? Because I am happy. I am very happy to take the next three episodes of Historical Context and give you a 2004 quiz. If that's okay. Oh, absolutely, Al. You know, genuinely, <laughs> the one thing anyone knows about me is I'm always up for a quiz. Great. I'm going to give you a couple of fun facts then this week about 2004. I'm going to give you the other half of fun facts uh, about 2004 next week. And then on the third week, I'm going to quiz you about the most wonderful year in all of existence. Amazing. How does that sound to you, Jamie? Uh, well, I think I'm going to smash this because there is nothing else going on right now. So the only new pieces of information going into my brain will be what happened in 2004. <laughs> Okay, fantastic. Uh, well, then, of course, you'll be very interested to know that on January 8th, the RMS Queen Mary 2, uh, which was the largest ocean liner ever built at that point, uh, is christened by its namesake's granddaughter, Queen Elizabeth II. That's our current queen. Facebook is founded in February. Who doesn't love Facebook? Or the Facebook? Only for Harvard alumni at that time. Such fun. Such fun. Uh, you know, there are lots of sad things. There are always a lot of sad things. Uh, Hurricane Katrina uh, hits uh, America. You know, never a great time. Uh, always very sad. And the European Union expands its uh, by 10 member states. You've asked me this before, so I'm going to give you a couple more. They are Cyprus, the Czech Republic, Estonia, Hungary, Latvia, Lithuania, Malta, Poland, Slovakia, and Slovenia. Ooh. I, I feel like I didn't... I feel like I didn't know that Cyprus was in the EU. I think half of Cyprus is in the EU. I'm not sure if the whole of Cyprus... Because Cyprus is split up into two, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah, it's split into the Greek side and the Turkish side. So I've got to imagine that the Turkish side isn't in the EU. Because it would seem quite harsh on Turkey itself, considering Turkey isn't in the EU. Yeah. But a bit of a dick move. Uh, other than that, uh, the Eurovision Song Contest 2004 happens in Istanbul... Uh, in Turkey, so although they can't be part of the EU, they can be part of the Eurovision Song Contest, and it was won by a Ukrainian entrance uh, singing the song Wild Dances, and that's this week, Jamie. So there we go. You got to learn, stock up on your 2004 knowledge, and uh, yeah, treat yourself. Amazing. Well, thank you very much for my information mm -hmm. about 2004. Well, I'm going to give you a little bit of information about 2004. I'm also going to give you a little bit of information about 1955. Why might I do that, Ooh, Alexander? Why? Oh, is this, a, is this a, a, a rhetorical question or an actual question? It's an actual question. <laughs> oh, uh, it's because uh, the film The Lady Killers uh, is based on the classic Ealing uh, comedy uh, The Lady Killers starring <laughs> Alec Guinness. Yes, absolutely. Filmed in 1994. So, yes, this, uh, this Coen Brothers is a uh, remake of a 1955 uh, British film. Uh, before I go into the context, I'll give you a little bit of an idea of the uh, plot um, as we do each week. Quick summary, basically, Tom Hanks is running a ragtag bunch of um, criminals who are trying to steal from a casino. Uh, they do that by posing as uh, a group of uh, classical uh, musicians in uh, an old mm. uh, black lady in the South's house. And they use her house to... Uh, I was about to say Dunnell, which is a... Which is a clumsy portmanteau of the words dig and tunnel, uh, to dig underneath her house to get into the <laughs> casino. Uh, this group is full with uh, dim-witted and various racial stereotyped characters. 
Uh, and uh, the, my favorite. The, yes, uh, everyone's favorite. Uh, and the uh, film plots the um, tracking of this uh, heist and then their eventual demise. So yes, as you said, it's based on a uh, 1955 film uh, set in London. This one is now set in, in uh, the South in like the the 90s, maybe. I don't. Did you get a sense of when this was set? I believe it's either the. Do they have a cell phone in it? I can't tell. It's either the 90s or early 2000s. Like it's yeah, it's it, it's, it's a very, fairly yeah. ambiguous. Some ways it's fairly ambiguous. Um, it is, as you said, a Coen Brothers film. Uh, this is post things like uh, Fargo and um, The Big Lebowski and things like, and Oh Brother Where Art Thou, but it's before things like No Country for Old Men. Uh, it is starring Tom Hanks as the uh, eccentric leader uh, of this ragtag uh, group. Uh, other well-known names would be J.K. Simmons and Marlon Wayans, uh, play two of the other uh, people in it. Um, it has a, um, what's the word? The, this, this is what happens out. I've, I've tried to do a U. I've tried to do a U and mm. I'm not good enough to do a U where you just keep no. this information in your brain. I always write down my notes and I write it meticulously and then I monologue at you. And I thought, no, this week I'm just going to try and keep this information in my brain. Keep and you know what happens when I try to keep information yeah. in my brain? It seeps out like mush, Alexander, and then it no stay Aww. in my brain. The word I was looking for was soundtrack. <laughs> it has a soundtrack. <laughs> um, inspired by a lot of uh, African-American gospel music, um, which is a strong theme throughout uh, the film in general. Uh, it made around $75 million on a $35 million budget. So, you know, decently That's well. Surprising. Uh, sure. But yeah, but critically, uh, let's call it mixed reviews. Uh, most considering it uh, not as good as uh, the English classic. I haven't seen the original Lady Killers. I assume you haven't as well. I have watched maybe five to ten minutes of it uh, about ten years ago. So not properly. So no. Uh, But it is apparently a uh, very well-received film, (laughs) won multiple multiple BAFTAs, uh, and of course starring the incredible Alec Guinness in uh, Tom Hanks' role. Mm -hmm. So in comparison to that, it was not received particularly favourably, and it's generally considered one of the weaker efforts of the Coen brothers. Um, Other than that... Yeah, definitely. That's about it. Immediately following... Sorry, I just, only because I watched it last week. I believe it's the follow-up to Intolerable Cruelty, I think, is the last film before this. Yes, that is the and last then the, one. And the next film after this is, like, three years later and is uh, not uh, No Country for Old it, Men. It's yeah. No Country for Old Men after this, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, uh, they, they step it up quite a little bit after this one. Um, although they themselves don't seem to think of this. I mean, many, many uh, filmmakers will happily admit like, oh no, that one wasn't great. They don't seem to think of this one as, as one of their blunders, but uh, the three years they take off from really? filmmaking after this uh, would would yeah. belie that fact. Um, so yeah, let's oh, uh, yeah. get talking about this this film. Oh. Um, <laughs> as has as already been hinted at, uh, I don't think we particularly enjoyed this film, so um, we may not we may I don't not think anyone particularly point. enjoyed this film. Um, I I found a, I found a couple of reviews that were were, were quite positive. It. Um, uh, like it's, I don't know. It is typically seen as their worst one, isn't it? Like definitely among their worst. But uh, I've I've seen I've seen a review that was called it uh, one of uh, the best Cohen comedies, and I was like, oh god. Oh, that's, that's uh, to that's be fair. Wrong. That was a review at um, the time, but even then, Big Lebowski is way sure. better. Well, it's. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely the Big Lebowski is better. I mean, even like Fargo is more of a com- like Fargo is funnier than this. Yes, even if it is darker in lots of places. Yes. Um, uh, so let's get let's, through uh, this plot. Let's reserve judgment. Yeah. So uh, sure. our uh, as we always start, our film opens uh, on our main uh, female character played by Irma P. Hall, uh, who has a name that I cannot remember. Uh, Marva. She is the uh, aforementioned. A lovely southern black lady who uh, lives um, in this southern town. She is heading to the police station. She's a bit of a gossip. She likes coming in and chatting to the police. And they, you know, put up with her. Uh, She then gets home. We learn that her husband uh, is dead. And that she uh, is hugely religious. Those are are basically the main two two things about her character. Her dead husband. She also hates the hippity hop. Yeah. And oh yes, and of course, dead husband speaking, religious and hates the hippies. Yes, when she's speaking to the police, she she expresses an an anger at, at the 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 hippity hoppity, uh, and I would like to say that those are her words, not ours. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, that she's hearing all day, and she she wants people to get back to you know getting back to Jesus, basically. Um, oh, and course. it's at this I mean, point the, that the... Uh, the lovely eccentric Tom Hanks enters. He notices that she has a room oh, to God. let. Uh, and if you thought Tom Hanks in the last film doing the Boston accent was a weird kind of thing, uh, let me just tell you that this is what happens when you empower Tom Hanks to do the weirdest <laughs> shit he possibly can. Yeah, this so is he's, he's again, not really to spoil my ratings of it. Um, oh, it's it's the only thing on part of it. The whole of the Tom Hanks catalog is very specifically him and Mazes and Monsters. That is the only thing which fits on part of this, I think, in terms of weirdness of performance. Yeah, um, so he, yeah, he he's plays playing the professor. A, the professor who's a classicist uh, yep. and loves poetry and stuff. And he talks like yeah. an old-timey prospector all the time. And he has amazing words. And he's very oh. uh, locutus. Is that a word? Locutus? Locutus. Uh, he's eloquent. Um, you eloquent. Know, he talks Let's go with words. that. I couldn't... The weird thing is with the accent at times I could have sworn it slipped into English because it sounded so posh at times. And it was a bit yes. like this sometimes. Then it went into talking more like this, yes, which it was, you know, okay, it's sort of a bit yeah, crazy. It's, it's a real, it's a real um, mix between like uh, su- southern southern dandy and and then posh Brit. Yeah. Uh, and you would have thought that that could have maybe been an homage to the original film, but apparently Tom Hanks did not watch the original film before uh, being oh, in God. this film because he expressly did Jeez. not want it to affect his performance. Um, also, right, interestingly, right. uh, not to give a little uh, spoiler, obviously we've seen this in, we've had the Boston accent and he's, he's been going through a run of accents recently. Uh, oh, yeah, we've got yeah, The yeah. Terminal next week Chicago. and I was just, I've not seen it, oh, but I did oh. see the IMDb bio that he plays a man from Eastern Europe. Yeah, yeah, I think that is the, how the tunnel works. He, he's in a phase, all right? Okay, he's stretching out his wings. Little Tom Hanks at two Oscars, he's not been able to act as much <laughs> as he wants to. He wants to play some different characters, and now he's spreading his big boy wings, and he's making some weird direct life choices. Yes, um, so yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah, real he's happy, but weird. he wants to come in, uh, and he wants to rent out the cellar, as I said, uh, yeah. the guise is uh, so that him and his uh, ensemble that love playing uh, the original tunes from the 1400s in their original um, instruments so they can practice uh, it is then that we're introduced one by one, uh, we don't know this yet but who turn out to be the band of criminals um, mm. they are J.K. Simmons who uh, is working on a set for a, as like a set builder 
on uh, an, a commercial shoot. Yeah. Um, he has a catchphrase, which is uh, nothing easier or something like that. That, that What is it? Something, something like that. Something like I, that. I, th- I, th- I think... No, there's no never been such an easy thing or something like that. That he has a catchphrase yeah. like that for some reason. Um, we there also meet uh, Marlon Wayans, his character who is working at uh, on a um, oh god like a cruise boat thing. And uh, Marlon a casino, Wayans, basically, it's a floating casino. Floating casino. Um, Marlon Wayans, you know what? I I have nothing against the man in general. Uh, but if you've seen Marlon Wayans do anything in the early two thousands and very specifically scary movie then you've seen his yeah. performance in this film. It is exactly that well, weird early 2000s black gangster hip-hop stereotype that was played for comedy in a lot yeah. of films that has aged particularly poorly. I'm sure Marlon Wayans would not be proud looking back at his performance in this, especially because, no. I mean, I'll come back to this on the scary movie thing because I think uh, it's pertinent to some of the misses that I think this film has. In Scary Movie, it's very expressly an over-the-top satire. In this, the characters are satirical, but the situations and the actual film and the filmmaking and the jokes aren't really. So the characters sort of sit incongruous to the world, and that makes it seem less like this character is a parody to be mocked and more like this is just how they think black people are. Um... And, yeah, and alongside the, the like southern black Christian lady stereotype, it really sits uncomfortably. It's look, it, I think you hit the nail on the head, and I'm sure you will talk about it later in just general assessments of the film. Even something like Scary Movie, I tried to watch it for the first time, um, slightly boldly, uh, like last year, and it was like, this is very much of another period. Oh, um, yeah. You know, it, it's very popular in another period, but it, it's, it is hard to separate, like, you know, even just like not even let's say like on kind of racial elements, but also just in terms of like, you know, the amount of like homophobic slurs you'll see in something like that, and even not in scary movie, but something like um, uh, Bring It On, which is a film I think is a really fun film, except for its weird amount of homophobia in it, um, or like yeah. jokey homophobia where it's kind of in on it, but it's using a lot of like weird stuff. It's the kind of thing that like gets Sarah Silverman in trouble every, you know, 12 months, where someone's like, look at this skit Sarah Silverman did 15 years ago, and then she's like, yeah, that's not funny anymore, I appreciate that, that's not any, that's not good. And yeah, exactly. this has parts of that. So yeah, the, so we get to see, um, the, yeah, the kind of, the technician guy, we see a football player called Lump, um, who's just, the, like, a, a big beefy dude, uh, the racist, racist guy, and then there's the guy who owns a donut shop, um, who's called The General, uh, who the, likes smoking cigarettes? Yes, he's a Vietnamese man uh, who likes smoking cigarettes. Yeah. And I, what was his? Oh, he was the tunneling intro. expert. That was it. No, I, his yeah. intro was his yeah. shop getting robbed by another couple of racist stereotypes. Black guys. Um, yeah. uh, and uh, him like throwing them out the Beating shop, the showing he's like a, a, yeah. a no nonsense bloke. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's the introduction to all the group of criminals. Uh, we then learn that we then learn that they're a group of criminals. Tom Hanks has them over sure. to the house, and he goes, uh, "I'm glad you're all uh, here, and we've got you all together." It's clear that he's posted like an advert online saying, "Hey, come and join a." a, a I don't know. Yeah. It's never really clear, but come on, come and rob a bank. Um, and they yeah, they expose their plan is to um, sure. use the dirt in the um, cellar of Basement. the uh, yeah, yeah of the 
uh, old lady's house to tunnel into the um, casino and use um, Marlon Wayans as an inside man to get them in there. Um, yeah. um, at this point, they kind of... It's it sort of... What's weird about this film is, like, it's about, I think, 19 minutes, maybe a little bit longer, 100 minutes. Um, this is the majority of it. The Lady Killing doesn't come from much later. Uh, they kind of dig, they keep digging, they keep digging. Yeah, um, and, and, and I think okay. it's something like, until we, find, until we find out that they are, like, a, a group of criminals and we find out their plan, we're, like, 30 minutes into the film. Like, yeah. we, you've heard what we've just explained. Like, it's an introduction of characters and it's, like, 30 minutes. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, we, we see them point, trying to dig in and stuff. They're also pretending to be, I think, the to the lady of the house who owns the house. He's kind of renting the room at. They are tr- pretending to be a kind of classical music uh, group who like to yeah. practice downstairs to cover their own noises. Um, yeah, they're kind they of practicing that downstairs. By, like, playing, um, uh, it's like the Boosie or something like that classical music that everyone's heard. They're playing that on yeah. a speaker while they're doing it as their ruse. Aye. Um, at some point, uh, J.K. Simmons uh, is explaining C4 to the guys, and he's like, look, it's completely inert. Uh, oh, at this this is the point where they have put um, the Mrs. Marva uh, off in a kind of car. Uh, the professor has sort of won her over. She thinks he's really nice, and um, I believe there's been a bit of a run-in with the police, where the police kind of look at, you know, uh, the police have kind of come in to... to say oh by the way we took care of that kid who was playing the hippity hop to her and she's like oh why don't you come see the professor and the professor's hiding under bed it's not very funny nope. uh, later on the professor says why don't you go see this kind of carol concert up in um where, wherever it's meant to be memphis i think it is and they're in the car and he's trying to put in the car the cab with her friend to kind of get her to go and downstairs jk simmons is kind of saying here's the c4 but don't worry if he doesn't have the detonators in it it can't explode look i could even hit it with my hammer and he hits it with a hammer and then the house kind of shudders and smoke pours out everywhere yep uh, uh, and so it turns out that jk simmons has lost his si- uh, finger and then uh mrs yep. munson's cat pickles uh, runs off with the finger uh, so he is he has permanently uh, lost his finger. Um, so clearly, yeah. yeah, it's just a series of things going wrong. But I mean, yeah. we'll, again, we'll come back to this in general assessments. But they're never really presented that expressly comedically. There's something about the filmmaking itself and the pace of things uh-huh. that, while where you would think there would be jokes like this idea of a comedy of errors, they they aren't. Yeah. The timing isn't like there's jokes. Um, but another comedy no, of errors is we that also... um, Gawain, uh, uh, Marlon Wayans' character, loses his job at the casino uh, yeah. because he's uh, uh, l- 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 not luring. Oh, he's uh, staring at the ass. He's, he's staring leering. at staring. He's leering. leering. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Leering at the ass of one of the uh, the customers of the casino and it gets him fired. Yes. Uh, so they decide to bribe um, the casino owner to get him back. Uh, the casino owner is the guy from Dodgeball and also Get Out, uh, whose name I forget. But, um, uh, the actor, um, it is... Oh, I was looking this up earlier because he's also in a show that I love. He plays... Um, uh, it's Stephen Root is the actor's name. Uh, and he plays... Oh, yeah. um, he's in Barry as well, uh, the uh, show that Bill Hader made. And he's great oh, in yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Stephen Root, yeah, really, really funny actor. Yeah, um, so they bribe him. We also missed when they meet uh, Mountain Girl in a weird scene. They kind of go to the casino. 
Yeah. And no, they go to the Waffle House. <laughs> and um, at this point, you, just uh, you, J.K. Simmons' just girlfriend. Just you saying Mountain Girl. Just add, Oh, we forgot yeah. that they meet Mountain Girl. Is way funnier yeah. than anything that happens in this film. <laughs> <laughs> so they go, to the, they go to the Waffle Hut. Sorry, not Waffle House, Waffle Hut. Very important, yeah. two separate things. Um, they go in, they're kind of, you know, ordering something to have. J.K. Simmons says, oh, well, look, here's my girlfriend, Mountain Girl, who's kind of 60 <laughs> years old and, you know, like very large. And everyone's like, <laughs> at this point, this is the weirdest joke of the film. Milo Wayne goes, you brought your bitch <laughs> to Waffle Hut. And no one reacts. <laughs> then he says, you brought your bitch to Waffle Hut? And keeps saying it like six yeah, times. And then starts going to other to people Waffle like, this guy brought his bitch to Waffle Hut. <laughs> He takes out a gun. <laughs> Put your gun away. What? This is such a weird joke. And they're all like, she's not getting a cut. No, bugger off. Yeah. yeah uh, basically, he brings her saying he wants he wants her to get some of the money. Um, that's sort of a running yeah. joke with J.K. Simmons is he keeps on saying he should get more money. Like when he lost his finger, he says, oh, he should get compensation because, you know, hazard at work. And Tom Hanks goes, no, you're a fucking criminal, you idiot. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's basically around this point uh, whilst as things are going uh, wrong uh, they do eventually manage to um, finally break through the wall and get the money out uh, but around this point mm. two things happen firstly we discover yeah. that uh, J.K. Simmons's character has IBS uh, for anyone who yeah. doesn't know that's irritable bowel syndrome it means he shits himself sometimes or needs to go to the loo urgently and this creates hilarity because oh he's about to do something important and then oh his stomach grumbles and he needs to take a shit uh it's a joke they mine oh i want to say at least four times in this film and it wasn't funny the Pretty first much. time um nope. and then at the, uh, at the same time when they get the money back uh mrs munson uncovers uh, the money um and so she tells him to she Tom Hanks sits her down and tries to um, finagle her again and go, hey, no, uh, you know, actually, it's fine. We figured it out. You know, they've got insurance. It's actually going to be only one penny to each customer. And, and actually, we were going to donate some of our shares to, to various charities. And hey, we're going to donate our money to um, it's a, the Bob Jones University, which is a Bible college that she's mentioned earlier in the film that she particularly likes. Uh, but despite that, despite Tom Hanks' uh, lovely accent and, and, and masculine wiles, uh, he does not manage to convince mm. her. Uh, and she tells them they need to return no. the money and go to church yeah. with her uh, on Sunday or she will call the cops. Uh, mm. It is at this point that the lady this... killers concept comes in. Yeah. Uh, so basically they decide um, they need to kill uh, her. And to kind of start going through a series of picking sticks, you know, shortest straw kind of thing. And whoever picks the shortest straw uh, will have to go and um, will have to kill her. Yeah. Um, so I uh, believe first, it starts the, by... Yeah, it's Gawain. Marlon Wayne's character gets it first. Uh, but he fails yeah. because he has a flashback to his own mum. Uh, and this woman reminds him uh, of his mum. So he's unable to do it. Um, yeah. This results in uh, J.K. Simmons and Marlon Wayans uh, getting in a fight. They've kind of had a back and forth uh, that sort of seems very deeply seated in racism, uh, but it's never expressly said that it's deeply seated in racism, well, uh, but that J.K. Simmons just dislikes the, him. There's also this weird bit, there's a weird line earlier on in the film where J.K. Simmons mentions that he's not from 
Missouri or wherever they are. He came there because he was with the Freedom Riders, who are a bunch of people who came down to try and help get black people to vote. Uh, to which there's a weird line where Marlon Wade is like, well, I don't vote. So, <laughs> great. Um, um, yeah, but basically they get in a scuffle uh, and with the gun that um, Marlon Wayans was supposed to shoot uh, the owner of the house with, uh, J.K. Simmons shoots him uh, accidentally. Uh, and so they mm. have to take him off uh, to dump him uh, over a bridge onto a barge. I believe in the original film, uh, they dump the bodies onto like railway tracks or something. Uh, but this is up, updated yeah, for, um, uh, for modern times where they drop him over a bridge onto a barge. So we're left with yeah. uh, the general, J.K. Simmons character, the football guy, uh, and uh, Tom Hanks. Uh, and then the next mm. person is... Oh, who's... Uh, I think after that... No, so after that, I believe it's the... J.K. Simmons tries to steal the... Yes. J.K. Simmons tries to steal all the money. While they're dumping the body, uh, he tries to steal the money uh, and get away with Mountain Mountain Kill. At this point, he stops and Mountain Girl's like... No, he stops and Mountain Girl's like, Oh, are you having IBS? And actually, he's being choked out. This time, the fifth time, it was a... It, that paid off. That yes. joke finally paid off. Yes, and he's uh, being he grotted murdered. by the general. Uh, and yeah. so they go and drop him uh, over the bridge onto a barge. Sure. Uh, now, then, the general, uh, the Vietnamese man, draws um, uh, the short straw. And uh, he tries to kill her in his sleep. Um, but he's startled by something. He's, uh, it, like, I think it's Teeth? like a clock the- going off or something. Um, and so he accidentally yeah. swallows his cigarette, which he keeps in his mouth the whole time. Uh, he then searches for water, but the only water he can find yeah. is the water that uh, the old lady keeps She's her dentures in. Uh, so he panics, falls over, falls over the cat, and then mm. falls down the stairs and dies, or something like that. Uh, and again, yeah. what is like supposed to be this? slapsticky oh he does this and then oh he does this and then oh he does this but something about it is never presented in that way that's clearly where the humor is supposed to come from but it's not presented in a way that's like oh silly slapstick and like i'm not i'm not saying like silly slapstick is the height of comedy but like you at least understand why it's funny and it's just not presented in that way which is weird um but anyway yep he dies uh so uh they take him to uh drop him over the water the bridge uh, and over. so uh, we're left with just the football player and Tom Hanks. They're stood yeah. at the bridge, uh, and Tom Hanks goes, "Well, uh, it's it's time for you, partner. You gotta step up." Uh, and then, in the first full sentence that this guy has said in the entire film, uh, he's just like, "Oh, I've actually had a change of heart, Mister. Uh, I don't think I want to do it." And Tom Hanks is like, "No, fuck you. You're gonna do it." And then the guy's, "Yeah, what about this?" He pulls the gun on Tom Hanks. Um, uh, tries to shoot him, it fails. He looks at the gun, going, "Oh, no bullets!" and then shoots himself in the face, uh, and uh, prophetically falls over the bridge himself without having been dumped um, onto yeah. the barge. We are left with one man, last man standing, our dear the Tom professor. Hanks. But he won't be standing for long, will he, Alexander? No, I'm trying to remember how he dies. Uh, um, I know he he ends he up die? he ends up falling off the bridge and hanging himself, but I can't remember yeah. why. Oh, um, it's uh, it's he starts so throughout the film he's really likes talking he, about Edgar Allan Poe, 
Uh, now, anyone who yes. doesn't know Edgar Allan Poe, most famous uh, poem by Edgar Allan Poe is The Raven. At this oh, point, right, right, right. he sees yeah. a raven and he starts uh, waxing poetical, uh, admiring the raven. Uh, and then uh, the raven goes and knocks off a uh, like a gargoyle. Uh, that yeah. falls and hits Tom Hanks. He falls over the railing. His cape gets hot, uh, caught and uh, he's hung by the cape uh, basically um yeah it's it's i promise dear listeners it's not as grim as it sounds um no. it's it's presented relatively relatively tamely sure so all um, of our at this point, merry um, band of uh, men are now dead dead uh, so what happens yeah. to Alexander? This, yeah so at this point um she then goes to the police uh having seen them a couple of times and obviously by this point the police have kind of stopped believing her so she's like well look it's in the newspapers about the crime she's like Look, the money's in my basement. They left it in my basement. And the police are like, yeah, sure. She's like, no, seriously, it's in my basement. And they're like, well, why don't you just keep it then? All right, okay, why don't you keep it? That's fine, you keep it, it's fine. Do whatever you want with it. And she's like, well, okay. And she donates it to Bob Hoskins. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah, uh, I, know, think it's, I think it's, it's weird. Bob Jones in the, in the uh, oh. film, rather Bob yes. Hoskins. What's Bob Hoskins? Bob Hoskins is a different thing. Bob Hoskins is... It's something else. Anyway. Is hospital? Yes. He's an actor. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Write in a friend's thoughts if you know what Bob Hoskins is. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, the, she decides to donate the movie. And then I think the cat... Did you mention the yeah. cat um, drops the finger off? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's yeah. the final shot of the film. She's got uh, J.K. Simmons' yeah. other, uh, finger and it drops it onto the barge. Uh, quite what yeah. the sim 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 symbology sim symbolism symbolism that's the word. Al, words are so hard right now. <laughs> oh god, it's it's all entirely crazy. Um, let's talk about how we feel about this movie. So, for people who don't know, uh, typically we review a movie in uh, with I believe th- four rankings. Four, three, three. three, three uh, I would four. say three rankings three and then, and then a binary bank. choice. Sure. Uh, the first of which is, uh, is this thing good or not? So kind of ranking the actual movie out of five. Uh, the second thing is, how good is Tom Hanks' performance? And the third thing is, where does Tom Hanks fit on the dick meter? And finally, we decide whether or not it goes on a Hanks bank. And if it doesn't go in a Hanks bank, we pick something else that should go and save humanity this week instead. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of how good do you think this movie is, Jamie? <sighs> right. Um. So, yeah, I sort of mentioned a few things that i want to talk about about this film firstly there's the comparison to scary movie which i it might sound like it's not correct but i think it's correct in that this film is is satire like i said the characters themselves are hugely hugely heightened but the world and the jokes and the the hijinks aren't so yeah. the characters feel like they belong in a scary movie. But even though, the world. As, as we've discussed, scary movie doesn't hold up very much of yeah. its time. Wouldn't want to watch it now. Sure, it wouldn't be funny now. I can still see yeah. what scary movie is trying to do. They're creating a pastiche, oh, yeah, yeah, a ridiculous yeah. over-the-top parody of horror movie tropes. Yeah. And there's none of that in this. There's not really any, like parodying of film noir or parodying of heist movies or anything like that there's just ridiculous over the top and let's be honest in many cases racist characters and so it just it doesn't work on that end it's a parody film it's a satire and parody film without any satire 
it's also a heist film with no intrigue. There's, like, you learn so little about the actual goings-on of the heist. Like, I know it's ostensibly a comedy film, but if you're making a comedy film about a heist, you still want to know more about, mm. like, the inner... That's what we like about heist films. It's like, like like what we saw with Catch Me If You Can. You enjoy watching that because you enjoy seeing how the tricks work. And you don't see how the yeah. tricks work here. It almost takes a back seat. It's a heist film without really a heist. So it sucks on that yeah. end. And then, yeah, on on the rest of it, the jokes just don't land. Like they're they even even on a, even if it were a Coen Brothers like level of more, like Fargo, where there are things that are funny sure. in it, but it's not ostensibly a comedy. There aren't out and out jokes. It's not even. It's that. like a very it's, black comedy, if it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's not even that. It's that this film feels like it should have jokes and it doesn't. So. Yeah, I don't know why the Coen brothers made this film. It's not, it's not their style. They're, the big, ridiculous, wacky, over-the-top comedy isn't their style. But the story they've decided to write no. is what—that's what it needs at the moment. So it doesn't land in sure. any of that. I would like to say one good thing I like about this film. I think the soundtrack is great. I think all of the uh, gospel music and yeah. stuff works really well. It's it. it I mean, well, mm. no, it doesn't work well. It doesn't fit the mo- the mood of the film, but it fits the setting and it's nice to listen to. So I like the soundtrack, but in terms of everything else, eh, and and I, I think the most disappointing thing is we went through all of Tom Hanks's shitty '80s comedies and we're like, ah, oh, it's fine. It was the '80s. And then we get to 2004 and there's arguably probably the most inappropriate um, sort of uh, comedy we've seen out of him. There's potentially some like rivaling it, but it's definitely one of the worst in terms of how poorly it's aged. And it's one of the more recent ones. So that's all really disappointing. And yeah, I, I didn't enjoy this film. When I saw it was the Coen Brothers, I thought, oh, actually, maybe this would be quite good. I knew it didn't have great reviews, but hey, it's the Coen Brothers. How bad it could it be? Not fucking great. Uh, I'll give it 1.5. Okay, fair enough. Um, I think I agree with you on lots of things and disagree with you on some things there. Um, I, I will start with the disagreements just to, for the sake of uh, change up. I yep. do think the Coen Brothers... So the Coen Brothers like, have an interesting back catalogue of movies, right? Where it sort of splits off into their serious films, um, which of which I wouldn't even necessarily call Fargo one of them, but something like... Uh, Although I guess Fargo kind of fits into, it's sort of in that Venn diagram of something too. But something like No Country for Old Men, yeah, which is which is not a funny movie. There is actually very little humor in it, and if there is any humor, it is incredibly, incredibly like nihilistically bleak. It's not funny in any just imagination. And then on the other hand, you have something like uh, Hail Caesar. You have something like The Big Lebowski. You have something like um, Intolerable Cruelty to a, a smaller extent. Uh, movies which are like which are quite wacky. They are. They do live in wacky worlds. They are. The characters are. It's sort of insane. Like the big, the dude. You know, it's nuts. The um, the Jeff. Who am I thinking of? Uh, the guy who plays this kind of militaristic friend in The Big Lebowski. Uh, These uh, are kind of weird characters. Oh, what's his? Oh, balls. The uh, John Goodman. John Goodman. There you go. Um, those are like wacky characters, right? But uh, but and where I will agree with you is that the world in that is wacky too, right? Yeah. It is a thing where uh, in Hail Caesar, it is that Hollywood 
full stop, seems to be insane. That's how they're kind of, there's one sensible character in Hail Caesar, but the rest of the world is nuts. It's filled with these kind of communist academics. It's filled with, you know, Soviet spies. It's filled with people getting kidnapped and all this kind of stuff. And that's funny because it keeps escalating. The Coen brothers are actually really good and have done a number of screwball comedies, like proper 1950s screwball comedies. And something like um, Intolerable Cruelty, even though it's not necessarily up in the top echelons of kind of Coen brothers films, do have that element of screwball in them. And where I think this fails the most is, like, I, I agree, like, it's it's part partly that the world itself isn't very funny. I just don't think the jokes, none of the jokes really land. I think no. they have, and, like, I think it's more of a structural issue that the funniest thing really should be that these people are the lady killers, right? That's that's the funny part, because it's not a, it's not a heist movie by any stretch of imagination. Like you said, um, you know, the, the robbery is fairly easy, but takes up most of the film. And then it's like 20 minutes, 25 minutes of actually murdering someone. And I believe in the original Ealing comedy one, it's most of the film is taken up with, well, how do we whack this old lady? And that's the funny bit, right? Like it's a bunch of criminals failing to kill an old lady, which you should assume would be pretty easy to do. Um, I, I think I've said it in the, this podcast. I've definitely said it elsewhere. Um, I really believe with films that like, oh no, I've definitely said this podcast, but violence in a movie has to be in a comedy, for me to really buy into it, either it needs to be done by the villain, or it needs to be that it is a the only possible response to an insane world. Which yeah. is why I think a film like Hot Fuzz is really funny, uh, and why I think a film like The Heat, although I find parts of it funny, is a bit weird because it's police officers using excessive violence to a typical crime. Whereas in something like Hot Fuzz, the crime is so insane, the only possible response is to march on the town and to take it by force. Like, it is a... A, a weird fascistic concept but it is innately a ridiculous response to a ridiculous situation um in this the and that, that's the same i think with heist movies as well like a great heist movie ha- involves like the person that is being stolen from um needs to be someone you think oh they deserve to be stolen from right like you need to hate the person the crooks are stealing from so you can like the crooks slightly more and that way you think okay it's not too bad and if you don't do that that's fine but it's probably not a co- like a caper it's probably more of a robbery drama where if you if they're stealing from good people or people you don't really mind then you think all oh, these are bad guys and if they're stealing from a bad guy you think oh well i guess you know at least they're stealing from him it doesn't do that so it's not even really a heist movie and it ends up just being not funny, not a heist, not a caper. All that kind of stuff is out the door. There's not very much slapstick when they're probably sh- it should be, probably be more slapsticky. And whereas I feel like the Coen brothers are really, really well versed in things like screwball comedies, I think in this kind of caper, it just feels like it's less of a uh, a passion of theirs. Um, yeah. I think this was alongside Intolerable Cruelty. They were the first two movies the Coen brothers hadn't like originated the project i think the project for both had started before for this one it was that disney through touchstone owned the rights to the movie and they wanted to do a remake i think for the 50th and 60th anniversary give or take and i th- believe in the terrible cruelty the script for that started earlier and actually weirdly i came into this thinking um i was like why is tom hanks doing this movie and I thought just the Coen brothers had written it and someone else had directed it. And that happens sometimes where they'll like write a script, not do it, give it to someone else. And then it won't end up being very good. But you, and you kind of think, well, it's not really the Coen brothers' fault. Well, it they were actually of, um, originally due to direct it. They were direct ori- it. No. Uh, it, was, it was originally going to go to their longtime collaborator as their cinematographer. Uh, but he dropped yeah. out. Uh, and so they decided to direct it. Yeah. Um, I also believe uh, it reminds me 
I guess this goes a little bit into Tom Hanks' performance. Um, I'll, I'll kind of sum up quickly. But do you know the story of uh, Bill Murray and Garfield? Uh, where no. So it's kind of two things. Um, one of which was uh, that uh, Bill Murray doesn't, um, you know, solicit scripts like his agent doesn't solicit scripts. Instead, I believe he just has a number. Of the kind of myth always went, he had a phone number line set up somewhere where you could pitch the movie to him, right? And he record it, and then he hear the pitches and go sure. And for Garfield, he heard the pitch, and he heard at the end that it was, you know, being written or directed by someone whose surname ended in Cohen. Oh, yes. And he thought it was going to be Garfield, a Cohen Brothers film, so he agreed to do it. And I thought, ah, well, Tom Hanks had been hoodwinked since this. And when it came up in the end, directed by the Cohen Brothers, I was like, what the crap? Because it, it feels like a weak. It, stylistically, stylistically, it is not by any chance of the imagination. Um, it doesn't go far enough. Like, normally yeah. the Cohen Brothers films are really stylized, whereas so much of this is so boring and placid yeah. that you're just like, I don't get what's being done here. I don't get why it's being done. It's not very funny. I, I had relatively few laughs. I probably laughed more us retelling it than I did yes. in the actual Oh, film. no, absolutely. Uh, I would give it one star. It, like, yeah, it's, I would not watch this film. It is the worst Cohen Brothers movie. Not one no. star. I'd give it like two stars, but two. Are you going for two? Yeah. Going for two? The, there, are th- there are things that redeem it, and that's like the cinematography I think is okay. And like I like Roger Deakins' cinematography, and I like the score. Um, Fair enough. But like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, on to Tom Hanks' performance, and I think we're going to disagree here. Uh, I sure. kind of enjoyed Tom Hanks here. Oh, God. I, I like, I think he he's really doing what this film needs. He's do- like, it's absolutely ridiculous. I'll fully agree with you there. But there was something really nice after seeing Tom Hanks do... He went through the 90s. He decided he was a serious actor. I. It was really nice to see Tom Hanks just being really goddamn silly. He was just being ridiculous, over the top, silly. The accent was re- awful, but it worked for me for the character. And he was really the only one where I was like... And J.K. Simmons to an extent. I think J.K. Simmons was decent in this film. Um, but he was the only one who I watched and was like... I, I didn't laugh, but I smiled watching it because he was fun. Like, that, I, I, there's there's an un, undefinable level of fun to this performance for me. Which I, I accept. The film is bad. The character is bad. The character doesn't tell any good jokes. But... Maybe it's just because I inherently love Tom Hanks as a comedic performer and just love seeing him being silly and he often doesn't get the opportunity to do that, especially post, you know, 1991. Um, So it it was just really refreshing to see him do that again and seem like he was having fun doing it. Like, I saw some interviews of him saying he was like, he was... So to to a point you mentioned earlier, why does Tom Hanks do this? It's very. He spoke in interviews very much the Coen brothers. He just wanted to work with the Coen brothers, simple as that. Yeah. Um, and in the process of filming, he would take the performance and he would make it even more heightened because it would make the Coen brothers laugh. And then he would introduce weird little ticks into the characters and weird pronunciations of words because he just wanted to be silly. And so, is it a good performance? I don't know. Did I enjoy the performance? Yeah, so I'm giving it four. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> I, I I deeply feel this movie exists out. Well, not this movie. His performance exists outside of a rating thing, right? Like he's won two Oscars <laughs> by this point. You can't you can't say he's a bad actor. I will say I think, like, 
the director's choice to keep a lot of this in the film or like direct him like this i I think that a lot with films right when someone's giving a really weird performance like they're only giving that performance really because someone is asking them to give it or conversely is not really doing their job and asking them to do something else um so i'm not gonna say uh, it's just it's so weird like like i said i think the only thing this is directly comparable to is tom hanks in um uh, metamuses and monsters like it is that level of weird it is not it is odd he has his laugh in it where he's like and you're kind of like okay this is he's like oh my lady let me recite some poetry yes and I, th- like, I think the coen brothers started to refer to that as like it was something like the rat wheezing laugh apparently it got yes. a name on set to that laugh <laughs> it is so weird um it is god look david s pumpkins is a more logical performance than this um this is a load of ticks i will i will say i didn't despise it so i'll give it like a three i'll give it a three because like i did think i feel like that's generous for how you feel at genuinely feel about this Okay, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it a two. Like it, 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 it is saved from being awful by the fact that it is weird, uh, and you should watch it if just to see the weirdest performance Tom Hanks has given for uh, like probably twenty years on the side. Yeah, um, that's why I love it. Side. It's so fucking that. Like, I, I think we genuinely feel the exact same about this. I just enjoy what you dislike about it. I just love seeing him be a be a freaking goofball. Who doesn't want to see our Tom Hanks be a goofball? Hey. Um, right, we've now got the uh, dick meter. I mean, this isn't... I'm going to give him a four. Uh, I don't don't think I can quite go to five, but, like, he's a criminal who, like, swindles people and wants to murder people. So, yeah, it's a strong four. Um, yeah, I mean, he doesn't successfully murder anyone except for... Himself. <laughs> except for himself, really. Everyone else either kills themselves or other person his team does. Um... I'm trying to think. He's definitely he's accessory he to the it. fact. Well, sure, but he ends up dead too, so can I hold him get into that? I mean, you know, <laughs> Does like, that make someone less of a man. dick if they get their comeuppance? Mm, kind of. I, I, you know, like a three, like a solid three, you know? Going for three? Wow, wow. Yeah. I, I'm these, surprised These people were murderers and waiting, all right? He unleashed the beast. Fair enough. Um, right, uh, and I think this is going to be an easy question. Is this going in your hangs, mate? Uh, no. No, no, of no, course it isn't. No, you can't. Um, so, when we don't put something on our Hanks bank, uh, we must find something else to present to the aliens to keep them satiated for one more week. So, uh, what are we going to present? Well, what are you going to present to the aliens this week, Alexander? Okay, I'm going to present very quickly. I'm just pulling this up. Um, I think I probably did a similar thing last week. I can't exactly remember the exact wording of what I put in last week, but I'm just pulling this up. Um... I got a message from... Uh, this is a Friend's Forts. Okay. Uh, from Friend's sorry, the Show, Patricia. So, sorry, Friend's Forts. Thank you. Friend's, Friend's Forts. From Friend's the Show, Patricia. Uh, who uh, wrote in a kind of public service announcement, uh, which I'm going to read here. Uh, cool. So, Okay, here's a public service announcement from your resident Hanks Bank troll, who also happens to have a Master's in Public Health. Whether you're at risk for severe complications from coronavirus or not, here are some things you should do to avoid transmission. Wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. The Team Rocket intro speech is a good way to gauge 20 seconds. <laughs> if you're using hand sanitizer, make sure it has at least 70% alcohol so that it is effective against the virus. Social isolation. Stay away from public places unless absolutely necessary. If you do go out in public, try to stay at least six feet away from others. Disinfect all commonly used surfaces in your home daily. Don't panic. Panic can overwhelm our resources like grocery stores and health centres. Staying calm and following your national health... 
department's advice, and monitoring your own health and behaviour is all you need to do at this time. Finally, and this is the most important thing, if you are sick or experiencing any symptoms, stay home. Whether it's the flu, a stomach bug, or confirmed coronavirus, it's important to avoid potentially exposing others who may not be... Uh, uh, be able to fight off these infections themselves so with that i will say i think i uh, i thanked um last week i think probably all health service workers on that yes, kind of stuff uh, this week i'm going to thank anyone who has ever gone to university to study anything in health or is currently doing that i know Alyssa's friends definitely this has like four friends who have gone through um studying to be doctors uh, i don't i'm not sure if we have any doctor friends you probably have a doctor friend but uh, anyone so. who has decided that they want to uh uh, you know, be- look after other people, that they want to spend their lives, you know, helping the sick, I think is an incredibly brilliant thing. Uh, I have never felt that motivated to do anything vaguely like that myself in my life. I wanted to go to drama school. Uh, so, you know, that, if, if helping people through art is also a useful thing, but uh, less directly saving life in than, you know, being a doctor. Uh, so for this, I will say uh, to the people teaching people to be doctors and for the people learning to be doctors, uh, you save humanity this week. Cool. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure how I feel about this trend of you you just taking this time to thank people. <laughs> um, but uh, I'll, I'll accept if give... you're pre- presenting them sure. to the aliens uh, for, yeah. for the second week in a row. Um, they're, they're being t- well, well, no, no. this time it's the people learning to be there. okay so before it was the people who have successfully learned and now it's the people learning yeah. um, and I'm sure they're yeah. not busy at all right now so I'm sure they'll be happy to be trotted no. out to the aliens they can take they can take the time out alright that's what I think okay uh, well I know what I'm presenting this week and I'm surprised we didn't talk about it at the top of the show I'm presenting fucking Animal Crossing this week holy oh, shit oh yeah baby oh this has been Oh, it's obviously a terrible, terrible time for everyone. And I'm just parroting what everyone's doing on Twitter, talking about either coronavirus or Animal Crossing. But Animal Crossing has just been great and relaxing this week. You gave me an elephant slide oh, the other day. It was real cute. Yeah. I now have an elephant elephant slide outside uh, my house. And to anyone who wonders, like, what you do... I know plenty of people have been asking, like, what do you do in Animal Crossing? You just, like, vibe, you know? You just chill out. Yeah, dude... You, it- you, you chop yeah, a couple back. trees, like you, you decorate your house, and then you chill. Oh yeah, literally it is. You know the the YouTube playlist uh, uh, songs to lo-fi beats to chill to. <laughs> um, to it, it's that the game. It, it's it, that you the kind game. of walk around and you have a lot. Some I remember reading this article. I think it was. A, io9 or something being like oh this game is stressy because you have a loan and i'm like no one ever asks you to repay the loan you just can repay it if you want a bigger house it's a great time you go around you catch some butterflies i got to the point where i'm like i already have that one i don't even sell it i just throw it back into the wild catching it is enough of a thrill for me in animal crossing what a game what a time to be alive uh, uh yeah so that's what i'm presenting I, to also, the aliens this week what are you gonna say can i also uh, I, uh, can I also throw out this is not necessarily what I was going to say this week but if you want a recommendation for uh, Coen Brothers movies that you will actually enjoy and you want a funny Coen Brothers movie and not a dark Coen Brothers movie uh, my number one suggestion I really love Hail Caesar um, that, that I do think it is a really funny like kind of madcap movie um, and has some really great dance sequences in it so definitely watch that and if you want a kind of rom-com Intolerable Cruelty is a fun rom-com 
um, with George Clooney and Catherine Zeta-Jones, where George Clooney uh, plays a divorce lawyer. It's a great, weird George Clooney performance, and I think you'd all enjoy it. So watch those things too. I still haven't seen Hell Caesar. I've been meaning to watch it for a while, so uh, maybe I'll finally take the opportunity now that I have plenty of time available to me. Uh, and speaking of plenty of time available to me, of course, dear listeners, with your spare time, you can now do all the lovely things we've been asking you to do every single week. You can follow us on Twitter, me at Jamie P. Loxon, Al at Al underscore C's underscore stuff. You can follow the podcast at Hanks Bank Pod. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can tell us, tell your friends about us. I'm sure you're all having weekly Skype calls with various different friends as we all are now trying to keep ourselves sane or tell them hey if you've got a spare hour listen to my friends on Hanks Bank and of course Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. cannot recommend uh, what Al would normally recommend so what are you recommending now Al? Uh, it's very simple. Here's what I'm going to suggest you do. Uh, you're going to text all your friends and say, Hey, bitches, I've got a and d game for you to play. And they go, Great, what fun. Who are we going to play? And you're going to tell them they're going to play as different Tom Hanks characters. And in this world, they're going to save humanity. And they're going to do so by fighting the aliens. That's level one, boss. Level two, boss, that's the Baby Yodas, of course. And the level three, boss, is Jamie and I gatekeeping the entirety of Tom Hanks' works from... Uh, <laughs> And you have to go and you have to take them through all three stages. Uh, and you have to let us know which of the Tom Hanks characters survives. Uh, there will be no resurrections and there will only be one who can be crowned the ultimate Hanks in this D&D campaign. That's how D&D works, Jamie, right? Yes, that's yeah, what you're going to do. You're going to commit to the bit. Yeah. Right. Uh, now, yeah, so, so uh, uh, Tom Hanks themed D&D scene. Yeah, absolutely. That's what uh, everyone should be doing. And what you should also be doing is next week we are reviewing The Terminal. And this this is the exciting part. It's on Netflix. So not only does that make our lives much easier, but that also means if you want to watch that film before next week so you can have a little bit more of a context about what we're talking about, uh, then please do give it a watch. Uh, it's all about a man getting trapped inside a building for ages and not being able to leave. <laughs> Who could relate? Oh From me, Jamie, and my co-host Al, that's one more ep in the bank. He, 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 yes. <laughs> that was Tom Hanks in this film. <laughs> <laughs>